Hawaii up for August 13th, 2005. Aloha and howdy from Mililani, Hawaii. This is Hawaii Up, lucky show number 21. My name's Ryan and mahalo. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, It's a beautiful weekend here in Honolulu, and uh, at the moment I'm just a little bit tired and sunburnt. I was up before, uh, well, up before the crack of dawn to join some co-workers for the American Heart Association's Heart Walk down at Kapiolani Park down there in the shadow of diamond head by waikiki beach and after that i took a quick stop at alamoana beach park to check out the chinese dragon boat races uh, and i learned uh, that there are actually dragon boat teams all over the world uh, there was a canadian team there a taiwan taiwanese team uh, i had my camera so i think i'm gonna have uh, some good footage for a video blog entry and most importantly today was jen's birthday and uh, she got lots of presents of course she got her itunes gift certificate and uh, dinner uh, actually two nights in a row we ate out and uh, most importantly a nice long nap today so uh, she's happy now jen's the birthday girl but uh, you guys get the present because she's back and we're actually going to try a little something different with her segment this week it'll be a loud segment so a warning to you uh, music, I think, will actually be the prevailing theme of this show, as we're also going to hear a song by this talented trio, the folks that gave Hawaii Up the catchy theme music, as well as a second song, if we have time, a great Hawaiian tune by Polly. And uh, yes, finally, we'll hear from you, uh, literally, several listeners of the show uh, talking about what you love about Hawaii, and as promised, uh, we're going to give out a few special prizes. But first, let's see what's going on in the islands. It's time for Hawaii of Headlines Around Hawaii and Around the House. In a 7-2 to two vote on Wednesday, the Honolulu City Council finally passed the much-debated, hotly-contested transit tax, which was authorized earlier this year by Governor Linda Lingle. So, in a couple of weeks, Mayor Mufi Hanneman, who had to pull the bill out of the fire, will sign it into law and officially raise Honolulu's general excise tax half a percent to 4.5 percent in 2007. And unless it's killed earlier, it's going to last until 2022. Now, the impact on residents has been estimated to be anywhere from about $300 to as much as $700 more a year, depending on if you asked a supporter or an opponent of the tax. But, you know, no one argues that basically things are going to get even more expensive in Honolulu. Uh, The council pretty much voted consistently since the first reading of the bill with Charles DeJoux and Barbara Marshall, the two council dissenters. Uh, people were starting to use a new verb, uh, manshoed or to mancho, referring, of course, to former councilwoman and former prison inmate, Reen Mancho, who was the swing vote who killed the last run-up to such attacks in 1992. You know, nobody wanted to mancho the bill, so it passed relatively easily. Um, and that, in fact, made it easier for Charles DeJoux to seize the limelight as the voice of dissent. You know, I don't even know what his positions are on most things, but... The man really knows how to lure reporters to press conferences, and I think losing the transit tax battle is actually for him a major step forward in his larger political ambitions. 
Now, technically, all of this build does is set the groundwork for a major transportation project to be determined later. But, you know, I think whether they're for it or against it, everyone is presuming that that means rail. The mayor's come right out and said uh, short-term fixes are important, but the backbone has to be rail. And as you probably know, I'm inclined to agree. I, and I, sh I don't like paying more taxes, believe me. But, you know, I'd rather my money go towards something with such a long view like, like rail than... Uh, well, just let's say other things that taxpayer money currently goes to. Uh, and I know that in a way, this kind of signals yet another step into the urbanization of Honolulu, a step away from the golden age of uh, paradise. But come on, folks, you can't turn back time. And uh, more importantly, you can't stop growth. You know, your only hope is to manage growth. We're a city, you know, someone said, and uh, we have to start acting like one. And if we don't go with rail, it's going to be more roads, you know, wider freeways, more lanes, double-decked highways or private roads where money determines access and not need. And if those things don't ruin paradise, I don't know what will. Um, you know, not everyone is going to ride rail, and I'm not one of the people who say it's going to solve our traffic problems. It's not going to get people out of their cars. We're a car culture. But uh, rail is an important alternative that should be available. And for those who do need it or who use it, it'll definitely be a godsend. It's going to go from Kapolei, you know, not here up to Mililani, but I'd, I'd drive down to wherever and park there and ride it into town if I could. I'd do anything uh, to avoid the hours of gridlock we've got. And actually, I already do. I leave for work at 5 in the morning just so that I don't have to sit in that parking lot on H1. So, uh, yeah, I'll catch the train. I'll, I'll read and uh, listen to podcasts all the way into town. After Kamehameha School's Hawaiian first admissions policy was dealt a serious blow last week, small comfort came in the form of other court decisions, or actually refusals to render decisions this week. Um, the lawyers who were representing a non-Hawaiian boy known only as John Doe uh, seeking admission to Kamehameha schools, had taken last week's ruling and had hoped that the school would therefore admit him this year, this month, in fact, for what would have been his senior year. The trustees, uh, however, said no, citing the pending legal motions, so the lawyer went back to the Ninth Circuit, um, but that court refused to hear the request because the case is actually coming back to the U.S. District Court here in Honolulu. Um, so the lawyer went uh, to this court to Judge Alan Kay, but just yesterday the Ninth Circuit responded to a request from the school to give them a one-week reprieve to file their request to have the case reheard by the full circuit. That's 11 judges instead of the three that heard it last week. Um, and if that doesn't happen, the school could go to the full Supreme Court. So in short, that means that things don't look too good for John Doe. And, uh, you know, it'll actually be interesting to see what happens to the case if he graduates from his current school, a public school, before a final decision in the case is made. You know, the latest decision uh, overturning Judge Kay's affirmation of Kamehameha School's policy focused on the policy overall, saying that it was a violation of civil rights. But, uh, you know, I'm wondering if the original case might actually dissolve uh, if John Doe can no longer attend. Uh, so that'll be interesting, although, of course, it won't be hard for the lawyers to find another student willing to be the next uh, test case. In the meantime, Native Hawaiians and their supporters are planning a big rally next weekend in San Francisco. Friday night, there's going to be a candlelight vigil there and across the country. And on Saturday, the rally will take place at the Circuit Court Building 
at 7th and Mission Street in downtown San Francisco. Lots of people are flying there from Hawaii, and uh, people are going to be there from all across the country. So if you want to find out more about that, check out Kamehameha School's website at ksbe.edu. You know, I have to say that I appreciated all the response that I got after mentioning this case last week. Though I was, uh, honestly, I was surprised uh, how much of it was either dismissive of it all or, you know, genuinely hostile towards Kamehameha schools. Um, Though a lot of you, you know, like me, did disclaim that they didn't fully understand it all, and and I appreciate that. And really, I think uh, that's an important point. I can see how people outside Hawaii can, uh, you know, they just get a whiff of this case and immediately they're thinking segregation or apartheid or uh, University of Alabama in the 50s and whatever. And, you know, I won't discount some of those parallels, but obviously there's a lot more involved here. And, you know, I just have to say again, if there's anything that I want, uh, it's for people to learn more, to dig deeper. You might still feel the same way after you researched as you do now, but, you know, honestly, folks, it is not George Wallace all over again. Um, One thing that I did start to think about is, uh, you know, in at least one way, a lot of you were right in that times change. And I was thinking that if you if you thought that Kamehameha School's mission didn't have merit or that Native Hawaiians or the Akaka Bill don't have uh, merit, then you have to discount Native Americans and Native Alaskans, uh, the reservations and their special status. And then I realized that, uh, you know, I think if those indigenous peoples were looking for redress and consideration today instead of decades ago, if they were standing alongside Native Hawaiians right now, uh, I, I think they very well might not have had a chance. You know, I think maybe the Native Hawaiians missed their opportunity. Maybe dismantling Kamehameha schools and the other programs that uh, we fought for is actually just the first step in a larger dismantling of other you know native programs in america i hope not though i i hope not all right what else well you know there were a couple of interesting survey results released this week first hawaii is the third most popular state that americans would move to according to a national poll by harris interactive they asked if you could live in any state besides the one you're living in now which one would you choose And behind California and Florida was Hawaii. Um, Going by cities rather than states this year, Honolulu was eighth behind Chicago and Denver and ahead of Portland and Atlanta. Um, New York and San Diego topped that list, by the way. The Honolulu listing is interesting because, you know, we actually haven't been in the top ten for something like eight years. Um, But fortunately, or unfortunately, the state of Hawaii has been in the top ten since the poll was started. And, uh, you know, we've been third for the last four years. The second survey out this week was economic, and it found that Hawaii is again one of the most expensive states in which to do business, according to the Milken Institute. We were number one last year, uh, too, right up with New York. The Institute looked at taxes, that sounds familiar, wage costs, real estate, and the like, and Hawaii was at the top of the scale for taxes, industrial space, and electricity costs. Um, At the bottom of that list, by the way, were North Dakota, Montana, and Idaho. Cheap to do business in those places if uh, you're willing to live there. So therein lies the paradox of paradise, right? You know, everyone wants to live here, but the people who do can tell you they can barely afford it. And I'll tell you what, you know, if you've ever harbored dreams of moving to Hawaii, all I can say is hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. You know, I... 
I run a message board for people in Hawaii and people from Hawaii called HawaiiThreads.com, and a lot of people end up there and ask, you know, how can I move to Hawaii? And you could say that some of the responses are a bit harsh, you know, if the person thinks that they're just going to jump on a plane with two grand in their pocket and end up living on the beach with a cushy engineering job. But, you know, actually, I think it's important to clear away the misty marketing haze that you have out there of Hawaii as perfect and, uh, you know, get uh, a wake up call from the folks who actually live here, who actually have to make a living here. Uh, but hey, you know, even if you're not thinking of moving here, if you if you just love Hawaii and if you visited or are from here, I really invite you to come by to HawaiiThreads.com. Don't be scared of what I just said. We're actually a fun bunch. We've got folks uh, here in Hawaii, Big Island, uh, but also Utah, Japan, all across the world, um, just sharing their love of the islands and talking story about, about local stuff. HawaiiThreads.com. Come on by. All right. You know, finally, there were some interesting articles in the Honolulu Advertiser yesterday and today about the Shaka. You know, the hang loose, hang ten, uh, how's it, Frank Fossey, pinky and thumb hand sign or gesture. It's apparently been ruffling some feathers in Iraq. Hawaii has a lot uh, of island men and women serving in Iraq and true to local form, they go out of their way to sustain the aloha spirit and the sense of home even on the other side of the world, from cooking sticky rice and spam and other local food to having luau and uh, teaching Hawaiian to other soldiers. And one of the traditions that they're practicing is the shaka. But apparently, recently, a local soldier on duty at the gate to Camp Victory gave the shaka sign to a superior officer. Uh, which I guess uh, upset him as a sign of disrespect and apparently clamped down on the practice. Originally, folks were saying that the shaka was banned outright, and that caused quite a bit of a stir back home. And uh, people were talking about, you know, all the other gestures that soldiers use all the time, you know, some friendly, some not. And uh, why weren't they targeted? Why just the locals, the Hawaiians? You know, the shaka is, is, is friendly, you know, it's innocuous, but I guess it is weird if you've never seen it. I was remembering when Jasmine Trius was giving shakas all over the place on American Idol, and people on the mainland were like, you know, what is that? Is that some kind of gang sign? Uh, but, you know, it's just a shaka, folks. You know, it's not to be confused with a shocker, which is, you know, something else entirely. It's just a shaka. Anyway, the rest of the story was that uh, Camp Victory actually had a no-salute policy first at the gate. You know, they thought that if a guard saluted a senior officer, the enemies who were watching the base would know who the leaders are. So I guess in lieu of a salute, the soldiers wanted to do something, so they got into the habit of flashing the shaka. Um, they're saying now that, of course, the shaka is fine between soldiers, uh, but proper protocol should be shown to senior officers, which, of course, makes sense. Um, and definitely no shakas at the gate. Soldiers should be comfortable, but not that comfortable, I guess. As for what's going on at home, well, you know, we've got two birthdays this week, Jen's today and Alex's first birthday on the 16th. Jen and I went to uh, Asagio. It's an Italian restaurant here in Mililani last night. We'd, we'd never been there, and we always thought it was kind of a fancy, schmancy joint, so we got dressed up and went down there, and uh, it turns out it was pretty casual, you know, noisy, lots of kids, people walking around in tank tops and stuff, and here's Jen in a nice black dress and a necklace, but the food was good. You know, Jen said it reminded her of an olive garden. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, tonight we had the family dinner, everybody, my mom and the kids, and we went to Ruby Tuesdays also, well, actually right across from Asagio's. 
just so Jen could have some French onion soup. For Alex's birthday, uh, we're having a simple picnic in a park just down the street here. Uh, family, friends, and some neighbors. You know, first birthdays are usually a very big deal here. You know, some people some people take out loans to throw huge luau for babies. You know, I'm talking wedding level planning and expenses here. But uh, you know, I guess we're just simple folks. You know, we're broke, and you know, really, we're also poor party planners. We only sent out the invitations a few days ago. Um, the only other interesting thing that I wanted to mention is that I got a brick. <laughs> Actually, Jen and I got a brick. You know, a while back, the University of Hawaii Alumni Association came up with this fundraiser idea where they'd help build a grand new entrance to the university on Dole Street across from the law school. It has these pillars and other things, and you know, I guess they decided that they'd pave it with special engraved bricks, where you know people would donate money and get their name on a brick. And I figured, what the hey, you know, and bought one and put Jen and my name on it. But, you know, I never heard back. And that was something like two years ago. So I forgot all about it. Uh, but this week, I get this weird envelope in the mail. And it's all torn and stuff. And I was a little scared. Um, but, in fact, in it was just a little paperweight brick, you know, from the Alumni Association. And uh, the letter says that the real brick is finally going in uh, this weekend. Today, in fact, I think it went in. So... That's pretty cool. You know, I was thinking someday Katie can cross the street there and, uh, and and step on us. Okay, let's hear some music, shall we? The first song I wanted to share is from Akamai Brain Collective, which is Eric Lagrimas, his brother Abe Lagrimas, and uh, Randy Wong. Their song, Bananas and Rice, is the official theme song here at Hawaii Up, and I really appreciate their letting me add that special island flavor to this show. The song I'm going to share with you now is called Cane Road Blues, and it's, uh, it's a jazz ukulele instrumental. More importantly, uh, the whole thing is actually played by Abe. He played all the parts and just mixed it together. So this is Cane Road Blues by Akamai Brain Collective's Abe Lagrimas. It's a little over three minutes long. Enjoy, and I'll catch you on the flip side.
was Abe Lagrimas of Akamai Brain Collective with the jazzy Cane Road Blues off their first album. Now, I just got in touch with Abe's brother, Eric, and uh, there's actually a lot going on with those guys right now. Abe is in Seoul, Korea, in fact, touring with a group called Prelude, and uh, he's actually got a new album with his exotica troupe, Waitiki, coming out in September. So there's going to be a CD release party next month for Waitiki in Boston, and uh, Waitiki then goes to Florida in October for the Hukilau, said to be the biggest tiki festival in the country. And there are more releases. Abe also has a solo outing due out in October called Dimensions. Eric, meanwhile, is right at this moment working on his pop rock album with uh, Exit 5B, which should be coming out in October. And, you know, Eric has promised me that you'll be able to hear some of that stuff very soon. If you want to hear more about Akamai Brain Collective, check out their website at akamaibraincollective.com. There you'll find links to all the other projects that these guys are working on. And, of course, I'll have that link for you in the show notes at hawaiiup.com. Okay, without further ado, let's check in with my not-much-older-but-always-much-wiser wife. It's time for... The Pith of Pop, the podcast edition with Jen. Hey, welcome back, Jen. Hi. And uh, happy birthday. Thank you. This is your, uh, what is it, your fourth 29th birthday. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, so, well, definitely welcome back. I have to say, everyone missed you. I got a lot of email. Some people saying, oh, I hope she's okay. Some people saying, you know, bring her back soon. And, of course, people saying, you should have sucked it up and taken one for the team. Well, maybe, but I feel better now, so I'm good. All right, so what did you want to talk about this week? I guess we can continue on with the theme of musical guilty pleasures. And uh, I guess this is a top five? Yeah. And the category? Top five power ballads. Uh, noisy, hair bandy people? Right, right. Typically, they were all making music between around 1985 to 1992. Um, there's about three dozen bands to choose from, but this is my personal list of my favorites. All right. Uh, power ballad number five. Silent Lucidity by Queensryche. Okay, and uh, we're going to try a little something different here. We've got iTunes fired up, and we're going to just hear a little bit of that, just short enough to not get sued. So, Silent Lucidity by Queensryche, what's so great about it? It reminds me a lot of Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd. It's got kind of that dreamy quality. The melody is similar. And I think it's just, it's beautiful. It's got this very orchestral quality. Um, the, the introduction is very soft and sweet, and it kind of crescendos into this really beautiful, powerful ending. Well, when you talk about power ballads in this particular category, I think that slow building and then the crescendo and then the orchestra and the strings and uh, electric guitars, that's probably one of the trademarks of it. Yeah, that that's typical. They're from Seattle, and, and they do certain side projects now and then, but I think they're still recording, actually. Oh, okay. Um, so that was number five. Number four. Don't Cry by Guns N' Roses. Alrighty. Tonight. 
Uh, Guns N' Roses, they really excelled at the power ballad. I mean, that, that sounded like a quintessential Guns N' Roses ballad. Well, Guns N' Roses are so tricky to figure out because you've got their ballads, which are very, very heavily inspired by Elton John. And then you have pretty much all of the Appetite for Destruction album, which is like a punk rock album. But the good thing about their ballads is that they're they're very huge and, and well-arranged and well-written. Um, and, and you can really hear Elton John's influence on, on this song. And uh, what's it about exactly? A bad breakup, a really... Well, not a bad breakup, not bitter, but it's it's kind of a, a sad, maybe next time we'll get along better kind of song. It's I think it's the lyrics are really sweet. Definitely the kind of song to uh, listen to late at night, uh, clutching your pillow in despair. And sobbing, yeah. <laughs> okay, that was number uh, four, Don't Cry But Guns N' Roses. Number three, third best power ballad. Carrie by Europe. All right. You know, I really didn't listen to this kind of music when I was younger, but I think that song must have crossed over or something because it really sounds familiar. Yeah, it was a top 20 hit. It, you probably heard it quite a bit on the pop station. And uh, Europe, what what do they do? They did the final countdown, that kind of weird synthesizer song. They're from Sweden. They're otherwise pretty unremarkable. They've had, they have like two hits that I can think of right off the top of my head. Um, but they were fairly popular in the 80s and just kind of disappeared. Well, I definitely remember the final countdown, but what's so great about Carrie? It's really sad. I think it's a song directed at somebody who's not quite taking a hint that their relationship is over, and so the singer of the song has to just firmly and gently try to let this person down, and it's kind of full of regret and sadness but yet determination hmm sadness and breaking up and stuff like that is that the basic theme for a power ballad yeah you have some like that i mean are there any happy power ballads i guess is my question sure yeah there are okay um so carry by europe was uh, number three number two second best second favorite power ballad sister christian by night ranger okay quickie quickie Okay, well, first of all, I guess i got to ask you about the title. Is Sister Christian a person? I've always wondered that. Well, from the stories that I've always heard, Christian is actually, her name is Kristen, and she's the sister of a band member, and this song is kind of a love letter to a sister saying, you know, don't grow up too fast, keep your head about you, and it, it's it's kind of um, an anomaly in that it's it's a song directed at somebody that's not a love song. Well, well, there. So there's a slightly positive message in the power ballad. It it also sounds familiar, though. Where where have we heard it? It was featured very heavily in that movie Boogie Nights. Ah, okay. Um, so what specifically do you like about Sister Christian? It does that mellow intro and big build up 
but to me the two parts sound so different from each other they almost sound like they're not part of the same song the tempos kind of change and the sound changes and it's it's kind of almost like they were written at two different stages and sewn together and uh, what is night ranger doing now by the way they tour now and then. Um, Jack Blades, the le- sometimes lead singer, was in the Damn Yankees. They they do side projects here and there, and they tour occasionally. Okay, so number two was Sister Christian by Night Ranger. And finally, your number one favorite power ballad. I Remember You by Skid Row. Well, I guess that's not a cover of the Don Ho song. No, it's not. (laughs) So what's the song about? I think it's kind of fond recollections of a high school romance. Kind of, you know, we had a really good relationship, and I remember you fondly, and I miss you. And what do you like so much about the song? I think Sebastian Bach has an awesome voice. He's just a great singer. Um, In fact, he's been in Broadway productions of Jekyll and Hyde and a couple of other musicals. He's, you know, really managed to carry his stardom to something else entirely. And I think it's it's very, the song is very powerful and it's very sentimental, but it's not sappy. It, it doesn't have things in it that make you go, it, it's kind of sweet, but, but not overly so. All right. So according to Jen, the top five power ballads are... Silent Lucidity by Queensryche, Don't Cry by Guns N' Roses, Carrie by Europe... Sister Christian by Night Ranger, and I Remember You by Skid Row. These are great songs, especially if you want to relive the mid to late 80s, and we just want to let you know that uh, if you want to pick them up, they're all available for you legitimately at the iTunes Music Store, which is, of course, where we pick them up. For the low, low price of 99 cents each. That's right. So uh, thanks for joining us, Jen. My pleasure. All right. Now, last week for our 20th show, I invited you to ring me on the listener line and to tell me what your favorite thing about Hawaii is. And uh, I got a lot of responses, you know, quite a few shy people who only emailed, but many of you picked up the phone or, you know, started up your digital recorders and sent along some Hawaii memories. So, here are some of the best things about Hawaii from the awesome listeners of Hawaii Up! This is Adam from Grapevine, Texas, and my favorite thing about Hawaii is macadamia nuts. Ooh. Hi, Ryan. My name is Shanti from Bangkok, Thailand. I'm a relatively newcomer to this uh, iPad podcasting world, but uh, lucky enough to find this program, and I really enjoyed this. Um, my favorite thing about Hawaii is uh, what is that? You know, <laughs> everything, you know, from food, beaches, and people, everything. This is Brad from Gilbert, Arizona. I would have to say my favorite thing about Hawaii is the overall relaxed attitude, the the feeling that time really isn't that important anymore, and there's no need to rush, just Go ahead and enjoy the moment. 
This is Eric Wilson from Waukesha, Wisconsin. No, actually, Heartland. And uh, I like the ocean out there. Later. Hi, this is Jared from Watertown, Wisconsin. Just wanted to say how much I enjoy your program, and what I appreciate the most about Hawaii is its people and the spirit of aloha, and everyone that uh, I ever talk with there is so excited about their own cultures. We're all within Hawaii. So uh, keep up the good work. We'll talk to you real soon. Aloha. I listen to the podcast and love it. Uh, I'm stuck living on the mainland. I'm in uh, Georgia now. I've, I've lived California most of my life, Idaho, and now we're in, or my family's in Georgia. But uh, I lived for many years on Oahu at North Shore and, uh, and Townside, and uh, I miss it, and you bring it back to me. So I really appreciate that. You make me feel like I'm home. Uh, both my children were born there. And uh, uh, we really miss uh, Hawaii. So all, all my aloha to you. Hey, Ryan. This is Michael. I'm calling from Tokyo, Japan. Just listened to your um, latest pod show. I, I really enjoy listening to Hawaii because I actually lived in Hawaii for 19 years. I've been in Japan for three years now. But um, prior to that, I, I really enjoyed my golf in Hawaii. So to come to Tokyo... You you uh, become very appreciative of of the cheap golf that that you can enjoy in Hawaii. So I just thought I'd give you a ring and uh, put in my two cents. Or in Japan that would be 200 yen, or I'm sorry, 20,000 yen a round of golf. That's about 200 dollars. I could play about 10 rounds over in a I don't know, probably at the Prince Golf Course in Ever Beach, where uh, actually I'm I'm from. So. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. This is Mike from Bartlett, Illinois. And my favorite thing about Hawaii, well, there's two things. One, it's the climate. And two, the aroma. I just love getting off the plane and smelling the flower and the tropical breeze. Makes me feel like I'm home. My home away from home. Hey, this is uh, Stephen from Minnesota. And i just like to say that... uh, Probably my favorite Hawaii memory would be uh, on my first trip to the islands in 2003 after uh, completing my pool and classwork towards becoming a certified scuba diver. My dad and I were uh, on a boat trip to uh, Malakini off of Maui to uh, complete the certification process. And I just remember uh, standing on the uh, dive platform and plunging into the water and just being amazed by what I saw. Um, I could see tons of coral and colorful fish just everywhere and visibility for miles. And I just, I I knew I'd found something special and I had found my paradise. And that's, to me, what's, uh, that feeling I experience is what's special about Hawaii. Um, Just the feeling of perfect and, like, whenever I'm on Hawaii, I just feel complete and happy and I know it sounds funny to say this as a 15-year-old, but uh, just that that experience sort of uh, changed what I wanted to do in life. Um, I'd always wanted to possibly become a pilot or something of that nature, but now I really want a career in the dive industry, and I just I want to I know I want to end up living on Hawaii someday, and uh, just thought I'd share that. How's that, Ryan? This is Tom Cam in New York City. Um, the expatriate local boy who lives in the city. 
um, and an avid follower of your podcast. So my entry, the thing I love about Hawaii most right now from where I am, is knowing that it's a great place to be from, listening to that song with a girl who's, who's talking about dying in a Volvo, almost dying in a Volvo, just remind me of all those times you're driving on the island in the middle of the night with the, with the top down or with the windows open and how beautiful it always was. Um, please bring Jen back. Miss her this week. Love her little, her little summaries of shows and movies and, and things. Uh, that's Derek Cutter on the show. Okay. Aloha. Bye. All right. Hey, that was great. Thanks, guys. Mahalo. Thanks for sharing your Hawaii memories. I love hearing those stories from around the world. Although I did notice, you know, all the callers were guys. I know there's some ladies out there, you know, don't be shy. But uh, anyway, as I promised, I did a drawing to see which caller would get a Hawaii Up prize. I've got two Hawaii Up t-shirts and some Hawaiian macadamia nut chocolates, the quintessential Hawaii gift. So, Let's see, pulled from a shoebox earlier tonight, the winner of the chocolate is Jared from Wisconsin. Hey, your taste buds are going to thank me, but probably not your waistline. Okay, the winner of the first Hawaii Up shirt. It's a very nice ash gray t-shirt because, you know, Lord knows we all have enough white t-shirts. It's got the hula iPod girl on it. The winner is Stephen from Minnesota, the diver. So congratulations, Stephen. And finally, the winner of the second shirt, it's a, it's actually a nifty, I guess, ringer t-shirt. It's got these bright orange trim on the collar and sleeves. The winner of the second shirt is John in Georgia. Hey, I know you miss Hawaii, John, but I hope this show and now your bright new shirt brightens your day over there. So congratulations to Jared, Stephen, and John. We'll hook up via email, and we'll make sure you get those prizes. And uh, thank you, and thank all of you, those who called, and, 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 and everyone, really, for being a part of the Hawaii Up Ohana. I really appreciate your listening to the show. Now, I've actually got one more shirt that I've decided to hold back, just in case. Just in case one of my lady listeners, female listeners, and you know who you are, are willing to tell your story so uh, if you're out there, you know, just do it. Just call. Just send me an MP3. Whatever is your favorite Hawaii memory. What do you like about the islands? You can dial 808-356-0127 or just send your message via e- your audio message via email to comments at HawaiiUp.com. So, you know, ladies, I really hope uh, at least one of you, one of you calls. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to keep this shirt for myself. I don't even have a gray one. Um, all right, you know, I'm seeing that we're running out of time. We're overtime, in fact, so we're just going to have to wait to hear Polly. I should let you know, though, that Polly's got some performances coming up next weekend on Saturday, the 20th. You can catch them at the North Shore Cultural Festival in Haleiwa. And the next day on the 21st, they're going to start in the thick of things at the annual Slack Key Festival at Kapilani Park. And they're going to end the day uh, that Sunday at Brew Moon at Ward Center. So go catch some Polly if you're here in Hawaii. Otherwise, you'll hear them next week here on Hawaii Up. And that does it for me, everybody. I'd uh, again like to thank Akamai Brain Collective for the great theme music. And I'd like to say a giant, a big shaka-covered mahalo to you for listening this week. I love to hear what you think, uh, what you'd like to hear, or, you know, whatever you want. So please uh, never hesitate to drop me an email at comments at HawaiiUp.com. Or, of course, use that Hawaii Up listener line at 808 356 
0127. Okay, have a great week, folks. Malamapono, please take care, and until next time, ahui ho.